Welcome to Return to Oswald. I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Scar and Brandon. Scar, how are you doing today? I'm good, but like, I got a question, dog. What up? And it ain't got nothing to do with, with the show. God, no. But nine? I don't know. It, it was on the computer. <laughs> um, you see, it's the only thing on that's, media player. That's all, that song was the shit, though. I, I ain't gonna lie. That song was the shit. And, I, um, I, don't, I don't know if you're gonna Excellent use of the uh, sitting on the dock of the bay sample. Now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever heard it before. I don't think we should hear it now. I don't think we should either. That's a because, good, I mean, good point. Yeah, because I mean, outside of using the music for Oz and using the clips from Oz, that thing has a sitting on the dock of the bay sample, and we don't know what Otis Redding family is about. I know what they're about. Them weapons. <laughs> Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I... I'm super excited because, you know, O'Reilly is a genius and I <laughs> envy that man. Yeah. I want to be like him. O'Reilly. If I ever get in prison, O'Reilly. I would love to be Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly is the epitome of chess, not checkers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in this show, he is just. He is the snake of all snakes, but damn, does he make this shit work for him? Right? He, and once he's, he literally, goes, he's literally never in danger of it not working for him. Outside of the Gloria thing, like everything else is turning up fucking aces for Ryan. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly wakes up every day with uh, today was a good day playing in the background in his head. Do I? So, before we get started, we got a five-star review uh, from Abbey Road, 1897. Word up. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. I mean, you ain't got to get out there and lie to us, though. You could be honest about how you really feel. Tell us, say it with your chest. Uh, they said, just started, Oz, just started Oz about a month ago. I'm on season five, and it's slowly becoming one of my favorite shows. Good call. Um, I really enjoy listening to these guys' conversations and breakdowns. Brandon in particular. Dude cracks me up, and I find myself agreeing with him most of the time throughout the course of the episodes. Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I just got the season two on the podcast, and I'm really looking forward to what's to come. Keep up the good work. You know, I'm not mad at y'all liking Brandon. I like Brandon, too. He's good. I'm usually right. No, no. I mean, just because we we came around when it came to McManus don't mean that you're usually right. And I wouldn't say I'm all the way around. I'm just like, well, you know, y'all hate white men. Y'all are y'all are Saeed people. Y'all hate white men. There's nothing the white man could do that y'all give him credit for. You don't want him in your study group. You don't want them learning the word. But just like Saeed, if you see my my girlfriend, I love white chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Scar's just been trying to do the white chicks what the white man's done us for 400 years. What's that? Revolution. (laughs) So this episode was uh, called Cruel and Unusual Punishment. Uh, It is season three, episode six. It's the final. Well, I guess it's the final showdown. I guess. Um, The way this episode starts off is that Chucky and Cyril have their match coming up. And Chucky is a motherfucking monster. Yeah. Is the the only the only actor that actually has fighting experience? That nigga ain't no actor. Be real, he's the only enforcer who has acting experience. <laughs> right, um, and was really pissed off he couldn't play a biker. 
I can see that. Like I would, I would see him as a biker, um, but they had the bikers, I guess with Hoyt and everything, the bikers were really leaning towards messing with the Aryans. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they didn't do it, but I could see that happening too. Yep. Um, C.O. Murphy sees uh, Chucky and accurately <laughs> tells Ryan that the only advantage that Cyril has is speed. <laughs> but Ryan doesn't seem too worried because he's a fucking cheater ass cheater who's also the snakiest snake who's ever slithered. So he's like, I have faith. <laughs> Which literally means he's going to get more drugs from Cutney. Mm-hmm. But since Cutney got beat up by Ryan, all of a sudden he feels like stealing is wrong and he's decided to repent and never do it again. But see, then he does the worst thing possible. He tells him, and I got an appointment to go tell the warden. Yep. That part you leave the fuck out of this conversation. Yep. He tells him that I know that what you've been using the chloral hydrate for, and I'm going to tell Warden Glenn all about it. I'm going to tell my daddy. Because I've repented for everything else, but my soul is in jeopardy. And so is Ryan's. So I'm going to save us both. And Ryan was like, not if I save you first. And that's exactly when I knew Cutney was about to die. Cutney yep. is about to go to the upper room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, basically, the moment he says, not if I save you first, you just heard the... Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> Bad, 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 Like you knew he was out of here. But honestly, I felt like Cutney was being petty as fuck with this whole situation. Yes, all he had to do was say, all he had to do was say, "I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for you no more," and just cut the shit off. Mm-hmm. All he, that's all he had to do. He ain't, he ain't had to go tell him. And if he was, if he was really gonna tell, you don't fucking tell him that you're gonna go tell. Exactly. You don't give him time and say, oh, oh, I got an appointment. Unless your appointment is immediately after that conversation, you don't give him time to prepare to stop you. Well, he was repenting. He was he was he was getting no, he rid of his repented sins already. He didn't have to tell him that that there's there's it wouldn't have been a lie by omission if he didn't fucking tell him that he was also going to go tell the warden. He didn't have to say all that. He yeah, said that to try to hurt him. You ain't see Captain America win a soldier? You got to go tell them. No. You can't just write it down on a piece of paper. You got to go tell them. Mm. Mm. I, I say that that was, that was his biggest mistake was telling him that he was going to go tell. Exactly. Uh, if he would have kept that, if he would have kept that part to himself and he would, he, he, he might still be alive. They might've put him in protective custody and some shit. And then, you know, then it, chances are somebody gets to him there, but he would still be here. Yep, but now he's not. Um, Ryan goes to Yuri and literally offers him money for a job. The way he offers him money for a job is like, I'm just going to keep flashing hundreds at you till you say stop. And when you say stop, we have a deal. And this dude's got a bankroll. And it's all the money that he's been winning from these stupid fucking fights. Mm -hmm. Which is all Cutney's fault. Yep. That means this is God's plan. So uh, the job he paid for his own death. Yeah, basically. He he he. he, Yeah, he helped for it. He helped it. Yeah. The job obviously is Cutney. They find Cutney dead in his bed. He got stabbed in the neck with the stems of Yuri's glasses, which Yuri has shaven to a needle point. 
Oh, God. God bless you, Yuri. <laughs> yeah. That seemed kind of unfortunate. In the upper room Jesus. All right, that's enough. So, Gary <laughs> <laughs> is a fucking boss. That's what I learned from seeing him in those, those needlepoint fucking glasses, eyeglass stems. He's only been on the show, what, three episodes? Yeah, that's another thing that gets my nerves about the show. Just a small thing that gets my nerves, but it's not that small. How they bring people in, it almost feels like they're just bringing in their homies to get, like, screen credits. And then they just kill them off. Um... I think it's I think it's kind of the other way around. They bring in they bring in uh, people to work in the background because you know like um, uh, Cyril um, the the O'Reillys, their brother wrote a few of the episodes and mm-hmm. shit like that. Like I think it's on the back end, and you know they then begin their homeboys to direct episodes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean shit like that. I think that's what's really happening. So even after we find out Yuri's a boss, Ryan still drugs Chucky. He just put some tits in his bottle. And why he didn't do that in the first place for everybody else, I mean, the world may never know. Cutney would still be alive if he had just put tits in everybody's bottle. Because obviously, Chucky didn't die. Mm-hmm. Chucky opts out of wearing the protective headgear for his match because, you know, he's already called Cyril an ableist slur during their training time. So Does your water not taste all. different if you mix it with heroin? With heroin, right? I mean, your water I put tastes crystal different. light in my water. Gonna, it tastes different. I was going to say, I put Kool-Aid in mine. It tastes like blue raspberry. If you put the white horse into your water, I think it would taste kind of grainy at the very least. Does yes. heroin disappear in cold in, in lukewarm water? I don't I don't know. And, and it's just like, I mean, I, I can suspend my disbelief for the other whatever the other chemical was or the medicine or whatever that they put in there mm-hmm. but like i don't know if like I, I mean i've never done heroin but you would think that heroin has a taste mm-hmm. this tastes like <clears throat> heroin that's isn't that why the cops dip their thumb and their pinky into it and put it on their tongue that's, that's cocaine because cocaine makes it numb that's oh, how you, that's how you know it's real. It, it, it's a, it has a numbing. How you know? I've watched a lot of police procedurals. You can read. You can read? <laughs> you son of a biscuit. I just <laughs> didn't read about cops running up on people with cocaine shops. You ain't watch Scarface? He tasted too. No, he didn't taste it. He tasted it. He if he could have, he would have drank cocaine. Sometimes you got to drink the cocaine. Fast track to the yayo. They don't do cocaine in Oz, though, which is weird. The only thing they got is tits. Tits and cigarettes. Yeah, but how is heroin the go-to drug in prison? I don't know. I would have thought it would have been weed. Yeah, well, you can't really smoke weed. You could smoke cigarettes. Why can't you smoke weed? 
I mean, honestly, I can see how tits and cocaine would be better than weed, though, because it wouldn't leave a fragrance afterwards. No, it wouldn't. You walk back seen, in there. But when I saw this show called um, Locked, like it was a show where people were getting locked up for 30 days um, and they didn't tell folks that they were that they weren't really inmates. They were smoking weed in, in the prisons. So they could get edibles. True. Well, not 93 or 98. It seems like it should be easy to get edibles. People bring them food all the time. Didn't um didn't the old man say his his mom brought him fudge all the time? Mm-hmm. Wow, we didn't see them at all this episode. I forget his name. Um, Ribido. Ribido, yeah. Ribido used to get fudge, so apparently you can get food. So just have your people, you know, cook up some brownies or with some know, weed in it. Some gummy bears or something, and you know you Dude, can relax this yourself ain't, away. This this ain't. 2020, they're not gonna make the gummy bears with the with the weed. They had gummies in 2000. Kidding me? This is 1999, though. Ha. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's quite different. <laughs> I don't know what they had back then. Honestly, I was a role model. Sure you were. So, Chucky is not worried at all. Um, and I was actually worried for Cyril because Ryan's plan was hinging on the fact that Cyril had to get through the first round <laughs> of the boxing match in order for him to drink the water in the first place. Cyril's the worst Golden Glove boxer I've ever seen. Right? He gets oh. his ass kicked every fight. It is literally like watching Homer Simpson when he fought against Dredrick Taylor. No, nothing. That's an old school sentence reference back when it was still good, when he would just stand there and get punched until the other person tired themselves out. Crickets. Crickets. I know. I feel it. I don't watch that show. I don't watch The Simpsons. I'm too good for that. I did play the video games, though, back in the day. Bart Simpson, Batman. Yeah. Bart versus the Aliens. Yeah, I played those, but I ain't never watched that show. I'm too good for The Simpsons. Look at me. Yeah. I just think it's been a long time since I've cared anything about The Simpsons. Cyril ran for the entire first round, which was smart. Uh, he got some hits in, but Chucky didn't even move. Like, this is if there's no other fight where you're like, something strange is going on, it should have been this fight. Yeah, he hit that nigga with the. Nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Cyril got them shots in, and he was just kind of like, nope, uh uh-uh. uh. Exactly. He looked at him the way that uh, Rocky looked at fucking Ivan Drago. Like, hit me again! Harder! And then he knocked Cyril the fuck out in the first round. No, after the bell. After the bell. Right as the bell. And it doesn't matter if it's after the bell. He hit him and took him out. Yes. And it didn't even take much for him to take him out. Nope. That was his his first real shot. He just, Mm -mm. pow! You are... <laughs> you are not ready. <laughs> Your opponent has quit the match. <laughs> <laughs> Did Cyril log out? Um, one punch, that's all it took. He hit me in my stomach, and my inside shook. Um, but now the bell rings, they're sitting down, Chucky's getting high, and all of a sudden Cyril's kind of taking it to him. Chucky's hesitant, but he ain't too hesitant to not Cyril down again. <laughs> Cyril got saved by the bell again. In the second round, and then Chucky took some more drugs. And by round three, Chucky can't even open his eyes. 
He's stumbling around and everything. And Cyril came out and was landing shot after shot. Cyril Chucky. just started going off. It, it, it looked like fucking Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. It was like it was just flurry. It was just like you still got all this in you after getting fucked up for the first two rounds. Yeah, you didn't hear the part where after he got his ass whooped for the first two rounds, he said something to Ryan about believing in himself and believing in his friends, and then his hair stood up. He came out and whooped his ass. No, it's Steph Curry. See, y'all missing the point. He got hot, and when you get hot, you just start shooting. So, it like, also you know, helps when the person that you're, that's defending you is swinging at the air. No, nah, it's just doing happens. During, during, in between rounds, he was putting his hands up like a spirit bomb. <laughs> once you once you get you know once that you know once that first three drops in and the second three drops in, you just like oh I'm having a good night. I'm about to just start shooting. I mean he hit that I, he that first one landed in that third round, and that second one landed. He's like oh I got to open it. I am well aware that Cyril is. Um, his mental acuity isn't where uh, most folks is, but shouldn't he be asking questions? No, no. He's been asking, he's been asking questions and not wanting to do this shit for a long fucking time. Why would he ask questions when the adults in the room don't even believe him? They True. called that man a sore loser and kicked his ass out of the office. I was going to say that. So uh, <laughs> Cyril won the match. Stan came up um, while Cyril and, and um, Ryan were celebrating the win. Um, Stan comes in and says, hey, good job. I want to pay you for, you know, I lost uh, because I bet on Chucky. Somehow you won. Good job. Here's your money. Hey, by the way, um, hey, hey, Cyril, can you leave the room so me and your brother can talk real quick? And then this happens. I understand uh, Yuri Kosygin did a little job for you. Job? Kosygin is a dangerous man. Unpredictable, unreliable. He's making sounds like he's going to tell the authorities about killing Kudney. He killed Kudney? Hmm. Oh. Ryan. Ryan. I'm here as your friend. Yeah. I'm telling you, Kosygin must be eliminated. You know, we got a little saying in this country. Maybe you've heard it before. You can't shit a shitter. You want Kosygin dead. You come here, you say he's making sounds, you're hoping that I'm going to take care of it for you. No chance. I do like no that. Well, then like this. Here's some free advice for you. You want Yuri's balls? How the Sicilians do it? Sicilians. Uh-huh. So? Okay. Mr. Bencamo. Yeah. May I approach? Sure, approach. Recently, you and I had a conversation about Yuri Kosygin. He's very disrespectful. Da. He is also... I bet on you. I lost. Very heavy. He won very heavy. Yeah. He told me he spiked your water with heroin in order to, um, how do you say, fuck you up. I knew it. God damn it, I fucking knew it. 
I hope you don't mind me telling you this. No, I don't mind. I appreciate it. In fact, I owe you one. So, how did he know that? Exactly. It's obvious Ryan is is setting everything up. So he he gave him that little bit of information. Mm, I guess. I mean, I could see that Ryan would sprinkle him with that little bit, be like, yo, tell him this. But because they didn't show him walking back out the cell after he said, go talk to Sicilians. He probably laid out the whole plan for him. Yep. But here's how you do for what it's worth. Brandon, um, was that you or was that you, Scar, who I was like, why don't they just go to like not this episode, but earlier episodes? And I was like, why don't they just go to McMahon's town? What's going on? And you were like, they wouldn't believe him. I think that was yeah, that was me. That was yeah, okay, Abbey Road. We understand now why you like Brandon so much. It's okay. We like it's right again. Um, Brandon was right. Chucky went to McManus <laughs> about being drugged, and McManus literally laughed at him and called him a sore loser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stop being a bitch ass punk. <laughs> you know what I smell, bitch. <laughs> no, okay, fine. Chucky offered to take a drug test. That's exactly what would it. happen, though. And McManus said, we're not wasting money on that. Yeah, why would we do that? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. They're not going <laughs> to waste money on a drug test for some prisoner fights. And why would they believe him? Because you got your ass whipped. I just, it just made me laugh when he was like, I'll take a drug test. And McManus was like, so what? <laughs> Stop that. So then McManus, uh, Chucky leaves and Ryan, who for some reason is in there, catches yeah. up with Chucky. Dumb move, man. What? Letting the hacks know you know Kasigan did the dirty. Now if Kasigan dies, they're gonna blame you, bro. That's right. Look, I know you're pissed off that my brother won the fight, all right? But in the name of good sportsmanship, right? I got a small suggestion for you. What's that? The next best thing to having someone killed is having them sent to solitary for the rest of their lives. Or better yet, death row. Yeah. When Kasigan finds out that Stanislavski snitched on him, your problems are solved. In the 1600s. So now we got Ryan, who's the snake of all snakes, putting all the pins in motion. Genius. Like every single one. And it is absolutely genius. And it's like, what what kind of person would Ryan be if he wasn't a criminal? Like, would he be a billionaire? Yeah, like, he would. I think he would be a master stock a stockbroker. Yeah, I'm just working off the insider trading. No, I think he'd be able to see the signs too, because Ryan is really good at playing the tides. Yeah, that, that motherfucker can read a room better than anyone else in this place. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got God-given talents. I can't even front. I mean, he's a snake, but he's a great, he's great at his job. Um, and so the next thing that happens is that Yuri and Stan finally talk in English. That's important. <laughs> I'm really surprised to hear you say that. Because uh, all of the stuff that Yuri has been saying to Stan has been in a different language. It's always been in Russian or else he's never spoke. And so we finally got to hear him speak. And that nigga is straight up sinister. 
Nikolai. Nikolai idiot, miedlence vodnia. We are in America now, Nikolai. Let's speak American. All right. We speak English. Unlike you in Russia, I was not a criminal. No. I was an educator. After the Soviets fell, things got so bleak in Moscow, I decided to leave, to come to America. For a better life, right? Yes, for me and my wife. But we did not find a better life. I couldn't get employed teaching. Must have been terrible. <laughs> then I got this job painting a house, the house of Leonid. Rodzinski. He was in the organization. Yes. He treated me like shit. Always making fun, calling me professor, then ordering me to clean his toilets. One day, he kicked me with his boot in front of my wife. I strangled him on the spot. Closing time? Yes. All right, I'll go. Now can I finish my story? Stranger, you're here all this time. You barely said two words. Now you're a regular botun. It takes me time to warm up to people. Nikolai. I feel very close to you. I was possessed by guilt for killing Rodzinski. But I got a reputation for being ruthless. The organization hired me to exterminate someone else. The second time was no, easy. Please, Pujalsta, I don't want to hear this. The third time, no problem at all. Yuri, please. At last count, I had murdered Yuri, please. 49 people. You have the honor of being my 50th. No! No, you wait now! Astralife. <laughs> The only person to run for what it's worth he has the sense of mind to run he didn't run he ran to a fucking door well well the first thing he did was he flipped that table <coughs> to try and get space in between and so he should have stayed behind the damn table that's what i was gonna say he should have kept doing the stop playing oj he <laughs> just ran around the car till he couldn't catch him that shit was horrible escapism but that dude stabbed him in the neck with this with the glasses right as the uh CL's broken just in time, officers. And so he gonna be in solitary forever. That's the plan. Yeah, but he didn't kill um you know yeah. what? He never snitched though. The nope. the Russian the dude with the glasses never said why he was killing them. So that dude who's I think still alive, he's not gonna know uh O'Reilly set him up. I mean, and plus didn't he say that um, Yuri's uh, organization, his organization, had funk anyway? That like they weren't on the same page. They weren't friends, basically. Right. But anyway, Yuri's now in the hole. Stan is in uh, intensive care, and Chucky and Ryan are drinking Yuri and Stan's vodka. Snake. <laughs> They're the best. 
<sighs> L said wants to see Ryan and tells Ryan that he's now out of the tits game. Hey, hold on. Is Chucky in charge now that Napa's fucked up? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, L said wants to see Ryan and tells him that he's now out of the tits game. Ryan's like, I was never in it and just doing a little bit to get by. But, you know, that doesn't work with El Cid. El Cid takes all the drugs that Ryan has on him, uh, plus the one that he has hidden in his sock. Um, and so as Ryan is walking back into the main room, he snitches to Murphy. Like, if you want to get uh, Hernandez, now's the time. And he it, did that shit so smooth. If that shit don't make you a target, though, I don't know what will. Like, they know that Murphy is fucking with Ryan. I don't know. I mean, he seems to get away with any of this shit anyway. Right. And and what you kind of got away? Who? Um, Miguel got away, but yeah, did, Miguel, I, I, I mean, I saw when I was looking, Carlos's punk ass is up there. Chico's punk ass is up there. Was El Cid getting wrapped up too? Yes. Okay. Don't. He's the only one that get. He's the only one that got out because when they started handing up those steps, he turned around and went back because he probably had the rest of the drugs on him still. Mm-hmm. See, I thought that. I thought that. Um, shit, can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. My computer went black for a second. I thought that um, Alvarez set them up. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, that was straight up Ryan. Ryan, I, as he's walking, as he was walking back down the stairs after he got jacked, he was like, "Hey, now's the time." Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he said he said it in stride, like he didn't even stop. Mm-hmm. But then this dude, like the thing is, he has this horrible habit of grandstanding after he gets somebody fucked up. Yeah, so he talks shit to Alvarez, but it's like. The fuck you gonna do? The last, the last thing you want is for him to know, because now he has to relay that information to them when they get out of wherever they go. Mm-hmm. And it ain't gonna be that long. I mean, what you gonna get them on possession? Everybody's got possession, right? I ain't got bricks for nothing yet. So, um, Eugene's wife can't see Sister Pete. Uh, she said that Eugene isn't acting normal anymore. Um, I didn't like how Sister Pete dealt with this. Like, first of all, Sister Pete tells his wife, implies basically that maybe his wife ends up being the most supportive person. Um, the second thing that I didn't like was, isn't there like a, a, a psychiatrist client privilege that is being broken at this point? Yes. I mean, yeah, I guess I mean. that you have to tell. I guess the only time you really tell that somebody's life is in danger. And since he told her that he wanted to kill himself, mm-hmm. she was obligated to to just to to let her know that. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'll give her that pass. I mean, the way she went about doing it was uh, not the not the kindest way. Like, yo, you know, he said that he loves you, but you know, he said he wanted to kill himself, right? I'm really surprised to hear you say that. Because when Eugene is with me, he seems very calm. Uh, he seems open and, and uh, ready to face out. No, it's an act, I tell you. At home, he says nothing. 
He just sits there all quiet. Are you sure it's he who's not talking? Well, maybe he's afraid that since you didn't want him to be in the program, you might not be supportive. Don't tell me I'm not supportive. I have been there for him. I know. Through the surgeries, by his bed, day and night. I rearranged the house my whole fucking life. I know what you've done. Eugene told me he could have never made it this far without you. He also told me he's thinking of committing suicide. What? So that you can have a life. You know, years ago I was married and my husband was murdered. So for a very long time I wallowed in grief and anger until that's all I had. Tina, Eugene knows that he only has two choices now, to move on or die. Now, you've helped him this far. Go the rest of the way. Then Alvarez gets to see what Eugene's eyes look like because he's never seen his eyes. He said, as soon as I stabbed him, I turned away. So he sees his eyes and he breaks down crying. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I kept wondering why I saw um saw that the the wife from I was like, where do I Rubs. know her from? Scrubs. Scrubs. She was the head nurse. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the head nurses. I love that show. I do. But um, Napa is in his cell doing his memoirs uh, when he meets his new cellmate. His cellmate, Natalie, asks him what he's doing. And Napa's like, I'm writing uh, the story of my life. And Natalie's like, are you going to name names? And Napa's like, yeah, I'm naming everything. Felonies, the whole nine yards. And Natalie's like, well, let me be your Boswell. And Napa's like, what's that mean? And, Nat- and Natalie's like, let me be your secretary. Yeah, as it turns out, Natalie's working for Chucky. <laughs> I don't know how this connection got made, but Natalie's working for Chucky, who tells the family about how Napa is writing a book about his life and is telling everything. So now the family wants Chucky to get the book and take care of Napa. It's a tough life. Yeah. I mean, you're constantly at, in risk of getting, like, murdered. Yeah, There's but nowhere like, to go but down once you hit the top of whatever area you're in. But once you start telling niggas that you about to name names, they gotta do something, right? That's very true. Like, there's no other way around it. If you start, like, snitching, because that's really what he's doing by writing his memoirs. Yeah. You start snitching and somebody got to come see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kenny. snitch and get out of there. That'll work, too. I mean, I but when he said that he didn't want to live with AIDS, I thought that he was going to start snitching to uh, Pastor Ray, or Father Ray, just so then he could get the electric chair or something like that and die fast. Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he knows this will end up with him getting murked. It's possible. 
So he used to be second in line behind um, Shibetta, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when when d- did he do something on purpose to get put there after Shibetta? The the younger Shibetta got uh, fucked up the game. I thought he got caught up in that. I remember seeing like a flashback of like some weapons in a car. I don't remember. Yeah, it feels like it was done on purpose, though. Yeah. Like, a lot of the stuff that happens when people end up going to jail in this show, it feels like it's a setup so then they can get close to somebody. Like, when Stan did it so he could kill Vogel, or he could kill the person who killed Vogel. Right. And you killed the wrong person. How you feel about that, nigga? Um, and now, I wonder, did, like, is, is anyone ever going to tell him? No, he's bleeding out. I mean, as we know, this show has no problem with plot holes. We still don't know how the fuck uh, Augustus got back in the eyes. Right. Augustus is just living his life. <laughs> right. Talking about tortures. <laughs> you know what the biggest torture is? Not knowing if you got out of odds or not. Stupid ass third or second season finale. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk all the time? I can't understand I why. This, this, voice is this is the Merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo, some are just Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. Today's episode is brought to you by Fulton, a modern brand merch support. Fulton launched the most comfortable, supportive, and sustainable insole on the planet. Fulton insoles have a deep heel cup and comfortable arch support that aligns your body from head to toe. They are made using sustainable materials like a vegan cactus leather and cork, allowing them to mold to the shape of your arch to provide customized support. They're also shock absorbing, reducing impact on the body, and are lined with natural foam to make them extra comfortable. Me personally, I'm a Bigfoot motherfucker. And so sometimes when I'm walking, I feel the pain of every step I take because my feet are flat. With Fulton, the pain is no longer there. It's no longer a Bobby Brown song every time I uh, put on my shoes. Because every little step I take, I feel nothing. Thanks to Fulton. Fulton is offering our listeners $10 off on your next purchase at walkfulton.com by using the code POD10. That's code POD10 for $10 off at walkfulton.com. Check out the website to see how Fulton can support you. Hey y'all, this is Derek. We want to thank y'all so, so much for taking time out to listen to this show. What we'd like for you to do right now, wherever you're at, is screenshot your phone, iPad, or whatever you're listening to the show on, and send it to us on Twitter at Return to Oswald. We'll retweet it to everybody and show that you're a part of the family. Also, if you'll be so kind as to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast at, and subscribe and follow, we'll greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and back to the show. Fuck you, guys! Um, <laughs> Kenny awakens face down on his bed. 
He back to Kenny now. Ain't no this don't work. make any sense. Yeah, I don't understand this at all. How they live in glass houses. How does nobody just walk by their room and be like, oh, this nigga's naked, face down with his hands tied to the bedpost? <laughs> well, you say it like that. It sounds like a joke. Sorry. <clears throat> I don't know. But they didn't. And Adebisi, who's back to not only having the hat this cockeyed, but also he's back to wearing mismatched socks, says that he's a chief of their tribe and he's going to teach Kenny the right way to act. What does that mean? Oh, man. I I still don't know, even after hearing the nigga talk. So was this scene with McManus and, and Bricks, was that like not at the same time as this was happening? It seemed like it was going back and forth. I thought it was happening at the pretty much the same time. So this is happening. Why don't you just kill me? You know, in Africa, (coughs) the elders of the tribe used to teach the young warriors not just how to fight, but how to live. I am the chief of this tribe and will teach you the right way to behave. I'm a sick motherfucker at a beat. Oh shit! Ah. First lesson is in respect. <coughs> I, I do respect you. I respect you. Get ready. We have to prepare breakfast for our brothers. I don't really get that whole scene. Like, is this his revenge or is he building them up? Like, what exactly is happening here? But then after that, uh, Kenny, yeah, because he's not Bricks anymore. Once his boys left, he's no longer Bricks. Kenny is talking to McManus about his son um, and how he has to be a more focused father. Uh, McManus wants Kenny to get into the parenthood program so then when he gets out, his son will know who he is. That's good. McManus is taking the liking to Kenny for some reason. Yeah, very much so, because he sees him as a kid. Yeah, I guess because he's still young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about and, and also, speaking of kids, what happened to the teacher? What happened to Duchesne or Cushane? It might be, it might be summertime now, so there's no school. Does prison stop doing school in the summertime? They're on summer break. Mm. Everybody needs this break for your mind. Mm. They don't get no breaks in Asia. What do you mean they don't get breaks in Asia? I think they might get like a week, maybe. They go to school all year round, nonstop for for 18 years. I mean, for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not with that. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, Kenny sees his mom and sees Jordan and Jordan's wearing his little black Tim's little baby Tim's. Um, but Kenny's like, why didn't he recognize me? He starts getting loud with Jordan and shaking him, um, telling Jordan to be a man because he started crying and fussing. Jordan looks like he's about a year, maybe a year and a half. No, two years. I'll give him two years. Be a fucking man. You crying for. Mm hmm. 
Kenny gives him back to his mom. Kenny gives Jordan back to his mom and dips out. I can't take this. And then we see Adebisi lashing him back to his bed. <laughs> and Adebisi's telling him that McManus is fucking with his head the way all white men fuck with your head. And he has a plan to get McManus out of M-City and to get a brother to run it in his place. Good luck with that one. Right. <sighs> The next thing that happens is that punk ass Clayton wants to be on the sword team because they get to beat people up. Like, that's honestly it. He's getting laughed at by Robeson and all the guys, all the all the clan members. And so he doesn't like that. And so he walks past the uh sort team doing training in the gym area. What's the sort likes- team? It's the like the like the, the SWAT team for inside. Yeah, they're the ones who ran in. Um, shoot. How the hell does he think he would get on that team? He's done nothing but fuck up since he's been there. No clue. He think he's getting a promotion? <laughs> Murphy tells him that uh, it takes a certain type of hardness to be sort. And Clayton took that to mean that Murphy doesn't... Be- you don't believe in me. You don't think I have it. God, I hate him. Yeah, me too. Like a lot. Like, I shouldn't feel this way about somebody I don't even know like that. Yes, you should. He's a fucking sucker. He's a fucking dick. Like, absolute. No, knowing where his story ends is fucking hilarious. I can't wait till y'all get to it. I can't wait either. If it ends with him falling down a ditch and dying, <laughs> I'm very happy. Seriousness. Uh, Seriousness. Yeah, they're serious about their series. So then after that, um, after Clayton finds out that he's not hard enough to be on the sort team, the person who is hard enough to be on the sort team shows up. Claire's punk ass. Yeah, sweet and low. You all deaf? Nobody fuck with her. What you did to Tim McManus sucks. What I did to Tim McManus was suck his cock. And for that, he treated me like a shitball. Accusing him of sexual harassment. That's an insult to women who have been abused. Like you. Yeah, like me. You know what your problem is, Diane? You want to be everybody's best pal. Your problem? You want to be everybody's worst nightmare. Oh, look, sweet and low. Has sweet and low ever tasted good? Fuck no. Fuck no. Sweet and low is gross. She's the worst. She's the absolute worst. The worst. And and seeing her tits is worse than her being the worst. Seeing her what? She has dick tits. Like real, real deal dick tits. What, she gets naked on this show? I think at some point, yes. You see, you see your top top off. Mm, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> so for Diane some reason, was like Diane was like, "Hey man, McManus may be fucked up sometimes, but you can't like lying on sexual assault. That's just not just bad for him; it's bad for us women. Like, what are you doing?" And she's like, "Fuck you and your opinion." <laughs> <laughs> sort team, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> But for some reason, even though uh, Clayton is a fucking asshat who doesn't deserve it, 
Ray is going to go see if the person who clear who killed Clayton's dad is still in Oz. Conveniently, Giles had a heart attack, and so Ray went to the hospital ward and asked him if he knows who did it. Also, side note, Poet and Pierce are both recovering. They're completely wrapped in bandages, but they're not dead. They're just laid up. Yeah, well, I don't know. I can't remember which one, but one of them had his arm all up and shit. Mm -hmm. Of course, Giles remembers Hughes, and of course, he remembers who killed him. But if he tells, he's certain that he's going to die. Ray promises that he won't be hurt because he'll be put back in a solitary where he'll be safe. And Giles tells him that Leo Glenn did it. Yeah. I think I'm the only person who might have had a what the fuck moment with that one. You got some explaining to do, Leo. Not me. I'm I, not surprised. I I don't remember this storyline. So this is one of those, this is one of those ones that I'm I'm with everybody else at this point. But mm-hmm. when he said it, I just kind of went, well. Leo has been the one that's been trying to shoo everyone away from this story. Yeah, I mean, it's, he, he's been handling this story the same way he handled the story of his brother for such a long time. And I think that what I learned from this is that Leo, rather than, he's not a good liar, but he's a great obscurer. Like he'll obscure the facts. He'll obscure you from the truth. He'll he'll do all that kind of stuff. But I didn't think he'd be. It's no, gonna turn weak. out to be. It's gonna turn out being some sort of accident. No, he's weak. What happened is he probably killed that man for a legitimate reason, or whatever legitimate it could be to kill another person. He he probably did that, but he he's too weak to tell him that he did it. So he makes up all this shit, just like everything else he's done, where he was weak with the governor and he's weak with the certain prisoners. He was weak with Napa. He's that's all he does is he never steps up and and fucking does what he needs to do. I'm thinking that on the I'm thinking the exact opposite is going to happen. It's going to be something like, well, a riot broke out. And I was shooting or I, I got stabbed and I fell and I shot and then stinking ass Scott Ross got killed. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be some shit. I now remember I said I don't remember how this works yeah. out. I think it might be they get run up on by the prisoners and the prisoners make him do it. That'll be nice. Just for the specter, <laughs> just for the specter of it from the prisoner's perspective. Just to watch them, just to watch them do some shit, like you know, that would be dope. I would like that. That would be different. Either because kill we him see, or we kill both of you. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. we seen the we seen the flashbacks of him them them side by side being basically being surrounded by prisoners. Yeah, that's all, over and over again. That's the only flashback we see. Yeah, so we've seen this on several occasions, and they're they're, they're both being surrounded, and then you see. You see one of them pretty much dead in one of the flashbacks. You see him kill the fuck over and the warden looking scared. You cannot trust black police officers with S-curls. They're not there to help you. Damn it. They're not there to help you. He's not wrong, people. I wouldn't trust him. It's just like I watch wrestling. And I'm watching Bobby Lashley, and I love Bobby Lashley as champion, but that man needs to grow some facial hair if you want me to think you're a good guy. <laughs> you will always be a bad guy to me if you walk out there with no mustache, goatee, or beard. 
Bobby Lashley looks like Jadakiss's Pokemon transformation. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> He's evolved. <laughs> and Michael Clark Duncan is the next seven. <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. I just need you to have some sort of facial hair. You don't got to have a full bit. It don't even got to connect. <laughs> but something like I need something. Oh, God. And then but, you know, Leo has facial hair, but then he ruins it with the escrow. It cancels it out. So it's like he has none. Well, you know, Andre 3000 said the best question. Is every nigga with dreads for the cause? <laughs> nah. Think- the warden, the warden, the warden should have dreads. I think so. I think he should too. I think that if, if this dope. was made, if this was made now, the warden would have dreads. Yeah, he, yeah, he would. So the next thing that we find out is that Vern misses his son, but he feels like it was necessary for his son to be killed. I'm still gonna play it though because anytime Vern speaks, it's a fucking moment. <sighs> How you doing there, Vern? I knew a guy had one arm. Told me when he dreamed, he still had both arms. Every morning he'd wake up, have to realize all over again, one arm was missing. Every morning, it was like the first time they told him his arm was gone. Son is dead. What you did? Getting them to Howard? That was the right thing. Put him to the test. He was weak. He was not one of us. No. Boy, I figured it was euthanasia. Keller and Beecher were gonna fuck with my boy. By killing him, I saved him. You don't, you don't fuck with Invincible. Omni Man will get you. Every time, he will rip you in half. It's a great show, by the way. If y'all haven't seen Invincible, you really should. It comes out on, it's on Amazon. It comes out every Friday. Yes, I've, I've watched someone go through all of the comics. So I know the whole story. And man, I can't wait for the next part. Me either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm thinking this ain't going to end well for Beecher. Mm-mm. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm I'm thinking that it ain't gonna end well for Beecher. That's gonna end well for Beecher. I'm on, I'm pro Beecher. We didn't really get any Beecher. Mm-mm. Yeah, we did. Except for this next scene where Beecher and uh, Keller are walking. Uh, no, we got a lot of Beecher this episode. What are y'all talking about? I think only scene I remember is them sitting down at the table. No, they, we got like three scenes with them: him and Saeed, him and Keller. 
but he didn't stand out at all. Nope. To me. And and then the the, yeah, the Saeed people was being the Saeed, racist. The Saeed thing was just kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. It's to show you that the Muslims are racist. See, everything on this show is to show you like these stereotypes, the extremes of the stereotypes. So you know, the Muslims are racist, the white people are racist, the Latinos are racist, um, everybody's homophobic. Um uh, the Italians are racist, and uh, what's the other group? The homeboys aren't racist. The homeboy, the homeboys are racist. You saw how they were talking about the Italians and the Latinos. Everyone there is racist. So the the thing is to show you that everyone is racist, and so nobody's racist. Wait, what? That's what it is. Cancellation. Yeah, everyone's racist, so nobody's racist. I'm not sure that's how this works. That sounds no, that's that not how it works. Team America. No, that's not how it works. That's what the show is saying. <laughs> Every time you want to get mad at Schillinger and his people, like, God damn, these white people are racist. Then then you what do you do? You cut to the black people doing some racist shit. Then you're like, God damn, man. They can, they just complain it. Then what do you do? You cut to the Latinos doing some fucked up shit towards the black people. That's what every show. It's a it's a repeat. So today was today was the Muslims' turn. This is the first time we really saw the Muslims go there. Well, no, they went there with uh thinking uh, Scott Ross's sister Trisha. Yeah, with this with the white yes. woman. But they really were like, hey man, this well, actually, even- no, and, and also with the Jew lawyer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, man, you can't even learn about Allah. I'm like, geez. Yeah, my man said he wanted. To, I mean, we ain't got to that part yet, have we? That's next, right? Yeah, that's next. Okay, go ahead. Do you think? All right. So, um, Beecher and Saeed, after Keller tries to touch up on uh, Beecher, Beecher's like, "Don't fucking touch me! Like, I'm, I still I mean, don't like you. We ain't cool, no matter what." Because um, Keller's like, "Well, now that uh, now that Andrew's dead, I'm gonna ask uh, McManus if I can get back into your pod with you." And Beecher's like, "Nah, dude, I don't even like you like that. Don't fucking touch me." And he doesn't give him consent to touch him, and. Um, Basically, after that, uh, Saeed is, well, Beecher is in Saeed's study group area, just looking around. He was actually praying the night before uh, at the same time that Saeed was praying uh, to Allah. Beecher was praying to God, which is the same person. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Anyhow. Uh, Beecher is in the study group room when Saeed comes in with a reef and or no, when he comes in with Nassim and uh, Beecher and Saeed have this conversation. You and Schillinger. Would- that is not this conversation. What <laughs> happens there? I'm sorry. What happens before that is that after uh, Kel- after Keller gets told off by Beecher, he goes to fuck with um, sister Peter Marie's head. But Peter Marie got something for his ass this time. Exactly. And she was like, how 
how come every time we go talk about you, you change the fucking subject? And then he tries to change the subject anyway. She Cuban bees the fuck out of him, and then and then and then like lays into him a little bit. She finally got a little bit of get back because he been he been poking her mm-hmm. for the last couple of episodes. He been poking with her, poking her, fucking with her, and she finally got some get back this episode. We're together at Lardner when you were how old? Seventeen. He saved your life? Mm-hmm. Did you have sex together? Yeah. Did he force himself on you? Vern likes the power part of sex, so I let him think he did. You enjoy sex with men? I enjoy sex, don't you? You told me you were married before you became a nun? You and your husband have great Chris. sex. I mean, I can tell you did. <laughs> I bet you were wild. Lent. You miss it? Sex. I miss my husband. Sure. You ever have sex with anyone other than him? Chris. You know, every time we have a session together and we get to a topic that you want to avoid, you somehow manage to turn the discussion around to me. Hmm. You noticed, huh? <laughs> I just want to get to the heart of why you did what you did to meet you. You saw my ex, Bonnie? When I met her, she was all alone and very unhappy. So I knew it'd be easy to get her to fall in love with me. But what I didn't know was after I broke her heart, would she still love me? See, I'm a piece of shit. I am worthless. As bad as they come. And to have someone keep loving me, no matter how bad. You happy now? You got me to open up and spill my guts all over your table. So you went along with Beecher not in the name of the Aryan Brotherhood, but to see if he would love you no matter what. At first, I wanted unconditional surrender. And then I wanted unconditional love. But Beecher don't love me. And that's killing you inside. He looks so sick at that last part. Because he had to finally admit something she, she that he doesn't want to admit. She got his ass. That makes her. That makes her. 
Because like the last couple of episodes, we were starting to think that she wasn't really good at her job at all. And he made her think that she wasn't good at her job. And then she caught his ass. It's like she 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 ducked that hook and hit his ass with an overhand right. He needed it. Yes. Yes. So then we get to uh Beatrice and Saeed because yeah. Man, it's an event. Anytime I can get these two in the same room together. Allowing the fuck. Okay, let me try this again. You do what you have to do to play. Um, <laughs> all right, let me just pull it up like this. I, I tried to finagle this shit. But here we go. I was raised Episcopalian, which means we thought about God once a week for an hour. But you, you think about him all the time. Why? I want to know him. Me too. I want to know him. I want to know God. I want him to know me, to know I'm here. I'm still in this place. He knows. And when I came to Oz, I read the Bible from Genesis to Apocalypse. The great book of the Bible. Borrow this? The Quran? Of course. Feature. Would you like to stay? Listen to our discussion? Yes. So mad. I was gonna say Khan and, and Hamid look pissed or Khan and Arif look pissed off. And there is nothing wrong with him being there for the fucking discussion. He white. Just because he white don't mean that don't mean nothing. That like, means your, everything. Your whole goal as a as a person that believes in God is to try to make sure that. Everybody you know, everybody you don't know, everybody gets closer to being to getting to heaven. It's it's part of it's part of who you are as a Christian or a Muslim or whatever like that, whatever you want to call it. Like your job is to impress upon people the importance of doing what you have to do to get to the place that everyone thinks that they should go. And like that doesn't change because that man is white. He white. And they, they're, they're just only going on, yeah, he white. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going to say. Religion is all-encompassing. Like, there's exactly. no real reason for exclusion. That's not the will of God. That's that's man. Yep. 
man takes religion and thinks it's made just for that one type of man. That's right. Why are you saying that's right? That's right. That's how they think. Are you talking about all men? Or are you talking about Muslims? No, I'm talking about the people in the show. I'm talking about in general. Oh. No, I like to talk about the the people on the show. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, Look, if, I were, if I were to go to... Look at Sami Zayn. No, you're absolutely right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, first of all, this show is written in a way that they have some really interesting thoughts, but they also get a lot of stuff wrong. Well, I don't know if they get it wrong in 1999 they probably thought it was right in they had white muslims in 1999 if you ask people today in 2021 we're not asking what people would say because people are inherently stupid and they believe what they see on tv and the people who write tv are what Aliens? inherently stupid they people <laughs> if you ask people today about white muslims who, who tell somebody name a ask a non wrestling fan to name a white Muslim and see if you can get one? I'm just saying, there's oh lit- shit. Yeah. the only person I could think of was Owen Hart. Um, Owen I'm Hart, I'm the joking. nation of domination <laughs> that was the nation of Islam in, in wrestling. That was so racist, yes, it was the race wars of WWE, but That's seriously, right. like there's no real reason for them to, I just want to see where this whole storyline between Arif Khan and, and Saeed ha- is going to go because the next thing that happens is that Arif and Khan are like, yo, we don't approve of this shit. And they don't even have a real reason for not approving this shit. The it's reason just... is he's white. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what the... I was going to say. Their only reason is because he's white. Like white people don't need God. No, they don't need. Trust me, Allah. White people need Allah more than anybody else. Mm-mm. It's not for them. That's what they say. What are you doing, allowing a non-believer into our study group? A non-believer? You mean white man? He doesn't belong. Richard is a lost soul, searching for the truth. He has every right to be there to receive instruction. No. No. Ever since I came to Oz, I've listened to you rationalize your actions. You are no longer fit to lead us. We need an imam who is above reproach. And who's that kind? You. Yes. That nigga Malcolm next him. That nigga pulled no, that nigga Black Panther. Ebon Bay. And they all all got ready to move. No, remember on Malcolm X when he's standing outside the hospital? I've never seen Malcolm X. I'm sorry, what? So what I thought was wait wait no no what what'd you say Michael no what'd you think Brandon no Michael what what'd you say Brandon Brandon what did you think sir Michael Brandon Mike what did you think sir yeah I'm with I'm with Scar so <laughs> what I thought at this point was on dodgeball 
when they were leaving the bar and he made them all get in the formation and do like the little snake dance to leave. That's what it reminded me of. They got in for it's like they had to they had to practice that. But, There's no yeah, way they just all did that in sit in sync in synchronous. What the fuck was that march or whatever the fuck they were doing to leave? That's what I'm saying. That's, That's what I'm talking about. They did to Malcolm X. Okay, I I don't know. I just that shit just seems stupid to me. Why can't you just you just tell everybody to get up? They get up and face away. We all walk away from the man. They're making a point to put Saeed on on blast. They put him on the summer jam screen. That's why everybody started laughing at him. And then that one dude was left. And look how stupid Saeed feels. That nigga came back to jail for these niggas who left him. That's the same exact. I feel no sympathy for Saeed because that's the same thing he did to uh, that punk nigga in the first season. Who? The one who killed himself. You know what, Saeed? Oh, that trash ass dude. You talk like you're in a mom, but all you do is talk about hate and division. The 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 fucking Italian dude who who didn't look very black at all. Yes, Michael. That dude was horrible. I was on Saeed's side there. Me too. But this is him getting that. They're doing the exact same thing to him. And now Khan is leading. And I mean, to Khan's credit, the nigga shouldn't even be in jail, really. Who shouldn't be in jail? Khan. Khan. He, he literally stopped it, it, somebody uh, from assault from sexually assaulting a woman and then beat him into being subdued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And went to jail for 10 years for assault. Like, you couldn't get nobody to come up there and say, hey, he saved this woman's life. Right? That's probably why he only got five years parole. He got 10 years. No, five years for parole. But he got 10 years. He should have gotten five years and been out in like a year and a half and then gotten out on good behavior. No, he should have got like 30 days. Like, he didn't beat the fuck out of the dude. So, I guess they were like, you know, once you saved him, you could have, you know. Not almost killed him. Once you got him down, you didn't have to keep teabagging him, son. I think that's what they were saying, but 10 years is hella excessive for that. Five years is excessive for that. But Khan is a good dude. So I'm like, you know, I mean, at least. Yeah, but he's also doing that thing that you see oftentimes that you see in TV shows with white people where, like, the white person will say, like, they'll be like, why are you racist? Like, why are you being so racist? And then they they have, like, the heart-to-heart moment. He'd be like, when I was 10 years ago, my sister was assaulted by black men on the street. And then ever since then is when I started being racist. Like you've you seen know that what? before. That's, that's pretty much what it is because he saw yeah. a, a white one, but he was already a Muslim before that, we would think. Yeah, but just because he's a Muslim don't mean he's racist. He had on the kufi already. But he was, you know, it wasn't like he was like, yo, I saw this random woman getting assaulted by a white dude on the streets and now I hate all white men. He saw a black woman get assaulted by a white man on the street, and they showed this clip right after he like, left. He left what's his face because he was inviting a white man. Here's my question, Brandon: If Saeed hadn't been fucking with Trisha Ross, do you think that this would have been the straw that broke the camel's back for Khan? No, but it's just all the white shit. He think he would. He think he pro white person. Yeah, it's it's Trisha Ross, it's the Jew lawyer, it's you know like it's you, you, you know it's what even though they say Jew lawyer, we gotta say Jewish lawyer, fam. I'm sorry, is Jew a bad? Yes, huh? yes, huh? Yes, 
Okay, Jewish lawyer. Okay, thank you. Um, it it's I think it's I think it's all of it because because Khan, Khan was the one. Khan was forgot the one. he represented Schillinger. Yes, right for the murder thing. Yeah, but Khan was the one and that had them had sitting with the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yes, but Khan was the one who had the problem with the lawyer. Yes, he had a big problem with the lawyer. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So Saeed got ostracized and now he's in the cell with Beecher crying himself to sleep. Poor, poor Saeed. Yeah, I felt bad for I him. I felt bad for him. That's a wild, wild world we're living in when Saeed is crying himself to sleep and Beecher's there to console him. And Beecher's the only one like that other nigga, um, Nassim, he had been with Saeed through all the arguments, through everything, and that nigga straight up stabbed Saeed in the back and just dipped on him. No, it's the thing where you got to be a part of something. It's what fucked Alvarez up. Yep. And now Alvarez is just, well, Alvarez was just like, just a straight up bitch for Elsie. Alvarez was on his way to getting out of jail because remember, when the stuff happened with his child, we found out that like he was really he was like a year away or whatever from parole. Mm-hmm. He was on his way to getting out of jail. And then his need to belong to that group got him to fuck that police officer up, eyes up. And now I'm sure he's in jail for much longer. So yeah, he's definitely. in jail for much longer for that. So here's my question. Did Khan win this episode? I feel like Khan won the episode. No. Are you kidding me? O'Reilly won this episode. It's not even yes, close. Absolutely. It's O'Reilly. Okay, I can see that too. But I mean, it is close because Khan literally overthrew Saeed. Mm, he still don't have no power in Oz. He may not have power in Oz, but he's got power with the Muslims. And we saw that there was also a meeting with McManus, uh, Glenn. And Father Ray, whatever, like, yo, we need to speak to whoever overthrew Saeed so we can try and get them on my side. So he's getting power immediately just by overthrowing Saeed. But he still don't have the kind of the, the kind of sway that the snake has. The, oh, the, no. The, the snake played everything here perfectly. Man. Like the only violin. thing that didn't the only thing that didn't go right is that dude didn't die. Immediately. He gonna die. I think we gonna see that happen. Also, why was the light on in Saeed and Beach's cell and not in anybody else's cell? Because you have to see what's going on in their hearts, nope, man. Nope, nope. You have I don't want to hear that. It. Don't want to hear they could shoot in the dark in 1999. This ain't the this ain't 1936. You have to see it into their souls, man. That's all. <laughs> hey, um, Scar, go ahead and tell them, you know, what's going on with you, where they can find you, or things of that nature. Um, Twitter, I am Scar. Well, yeah, no, on Twitter, he's Scarfinger. Brandon is that cool blick nerd. The show is Return to Oswald, number shining. No, I mean, like, I, I, I know that you're starting back up with your painting and with your uh, candles. And you're doing a podcast. You're thinking about doing a podcast. Tell them, man. Um. Well, it's, this all is very early, but I, I am getting back to the candles and everything first. 
because that is that is the most important thing. And I finally got a chance to make some candles yesterday. I'm testing out some new fragrances. I really like them. And I will be I will talk about them very, very soon on my I'm going to do like the the record a video and then snatch the audio and make a podcast out of it also. So like if you don't want to catch the video, you have another option. Um, And I'm planning on doing a whole lot of things um, because, you know, the move kind of messed everything up. So I'm planning on doing a whole lot of things, including reviewing fragrances, because that's probably the biggest impediment to someone wanting to get on like i can give you a description of what the what this thing smells like but like some people want to know what i think like what do you think smells great or something like that um so i'm gonna i'm just gonna start reviewing all of my fragrances okay brandon what you got coming up nothing (laughs) join this join this show yeah yeah, this it was a good episode. It I think I'm gonna moments. start watching Snowfall sometime. Wait, soon. did you mean start? Did you say start watching? Yeah, I've watched it, dude. During for a trait, I'm still on season one. Um, so and, and because at first I was only watching it with Amanda, I wasn't watching it by myself. I just finished the season finale of season four. So it's the season, season over three. Now? Yeah, yeah, the season's over. Just ended. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm gonna watch Snowfall because I see a lot of people talking about it, and I want to be caught up next time it comes around. I'm so caught up, so yeah, that's kind of what I'll be doing. In, in uh, oh, oh that, in that have y'all have y'all thought about that movie for the um, for like a really shitty movie to review? What movie caught up, caught, caught up. Is that the one with Bokeem Woodbine? Yes, nigga. My my well, it's one of my sister's favorite movies. It's like it's a really shit movie, but it's so fucking entertaining to me. You know, if I did that one, then I would have to no, I wouldn't. I was gonna say that one for some reason is right in the same level for me with uh Freeway, the Reese Witherspoon movie that's supposed to be about like little red Robin Riding Hood. I don't know. What? I think it's because I saw them both around the same time. I, I'll put caught up on the list. I'll put it right here with the uh, strictly business. Okay. Yeah, I got strictly business, and I got living large. Um, and oh yeah, you're you're already on the list for that month, Scar, because that month we're also doing Drop Dead Fred. Fuck yeah, man! The hell is all these movies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you need to get in here and start putting some of your movies on here. Don't just I did. Them. Where? I got a lot of good movies on there. All the good ones. Nigga, please. All the good movies. Nigga, All the good movies. Problem. You put them you, on there. I see what you did there. You pick Problem Child, nigga. That's that your Problem you Child. The people likes Problem Child. Y'all didn't like Problem Child. I don't know. I can look at the stats for Problem Child. And I don't. People like people. Problem Child because everybody people. likes Junior except y'all. Mm. Except for able-minded, mature adults. Junior, Junior's that dude. And I also, I enjoyed the movie we did on Hindsight. Go check out Hindsight if you're not listening to that and listen to this. We just watched the program, which was... You're the poop boy who killed my brother, who, who shot my mama, who robbed my mama. Yeah, ro- no, shot my mama and robbed her for her car. <laughs> 
we watching a bunch of sports movies. Um, Dude, not why including, do you make it sound like that? Not football, including any given football Sunday. Movies. Football movies are the best. There is no such thing as a bad football movie. What there is. There are some that are better than others, but there's no such thing as a bad football movie. Well, and on is. somebody's podcast, we're going to eventually re- review uh, Playmakers. Yes. So I, found, I found my Playmakers DVDs, dog. Yes. The we, one and only season. I have mine right here. I'm looking at it. It's right next to my two episodes. It's, 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 shoe, it's uh, shoehorned in between my two different seasons of The Chappelle Show and my two seasons of the Boondocks. Oh, and the Wire. Oh, and Halo Two, the Steelbook edition. The Wire is goaded. So yeah, that's um, it for me personally. Uh, Ratchet Book Club comes out every fucking night. <laughs> so um, check that out. Y'all could actually hear a lot of our shows if you just listen to the hindsight uh, feed, because you know. We, we do a lot of stuff um but yeah we really want to thank y'all for listening uh you can hit us up like i said on twitter at return to oswald scar is on twitter at scarfinger brandon's on twitter at that cool blick nerd and i'm rashani um you can also email us at return to oswald at gmail.com and you can leave a review uh go to podchaser.com uh, and just type in return to oswald and the cool thing about it is if you use podchaser not only can you leave reviews for entire podcasts but you can also leave reviews for specific episodes of that podcast which is really dope because that way if something stood out to you or something didn't hit you you can leave a review and let us know exactly what happened that made you feel that way and we can have a discussion thank y'all so much for listening we greatly appreciate it we'll see y'all next tuesday uh y'all be good peace Single simulcast. Don't know my name, and you slip.